show filled with epicness, insight, and comedy rages. Welcome to We Love That Podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of We Love That Podcast. I'm your host, Paxton Pritchett. Well, along with myself. <laughs> yeah, this one is just, just me, just Paxton. Yeah, yeah. So I really hope you all have a wonderful day. This is We Love That Podcast, the entertainment news and opinion show about the things we love. The show where we talk about Marvel, Star Wars, Halo, Middle Earth, other movies, video games, maybe even some music and other cool stuff. Just things we love personally. And it's really fun. We talk about the news that relates to them. Yeah. So if you're new to this show, please feel free to subscribe. We definitely appreciate it. And if you're a longtime fan, please feel free to... Uh, Give us a five-star review. I mean, we really, really, really appreciate that. That'd be absolutely wonderful. So today we have a very special episode, a very unique episode, because we aren't really talking about the news of something. Instead, we're going to take a look back. We're going to take a look back at... Marvel this year at their TV shows they've done. So Marvel has done something really cool. And by Marvel, I don't mean uh, Sony Marvel, which we've talked about before on the show, or Fox Marvel, which we have mentioned. We're talking about Marvel Marvel, you know, Marvel Studios, the studio owned by Disney that's made the Marvel Cinematic Universe. You know, as we've talked a lot about all of these, all these, sorry, all these cinematic universes, Marvel's like the king of cinematic universes. And starting this year, they really went full-force TV shows. Now, they've made, quote-unquote, Marvel Cinematic Universe TV shows before. Like, they made Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., uh, Agent Carter. They've done, I think, Inhumans, maybe even Damage Control, I think. They've done uh, some Netflix shows like Daredevil and a few others, like The Defenders. But they really, they're like halfway MCU TV shows. Like, Someone could not even watch those things and fully respect and understand and enjoy the movies. They're almost, they're subpar. And in fact, they might even be not canon anymore. Yeah, not really, they might even be un, made uncanon. But Marvel this year has really started going hardcore, their TV shows, especially with Disney+. Plus. They're all on Disney+, Plus. these Marvel Studios TV shows. They all three take place after Phase 4, in Phase 4, after Endgame, so to speak. And we get to see the Marvel Cinematic Universe expanding and the story going forward in not just film format, but also in television format. So Marvel is chock full of stuff this year. And the first three live action shows they did, which were the ones we're talking about today, are WandaVision, Loki, and Falcon and the Winter Soldier. So Falcon and the Winter Soldier, I'm sorry, I got that order mixed up. It was first WandaVision, then Falcon and the Winter Soldier, and then Loki. And so today, not critically, not like I'm this epic big film reviewer, because I'm not. I mean, I, I like movies and TV shows, but I, I mean, I've only been through them once. I feel like if I was to give a true legit review, I'd probably have to watch them a couple times and take extensive notes. But I did. I've just seen them once through, each of them once through. And I'm just one. I'd like to talk about them for a couple minutes and just what I thought about them and certain things I found interesting about them. So, yeah, if you let me, let's let's do that. And, you know, my opinions on them might change. So, like, right now when I'm talking about it, I've only seen them one time all the way through each. If I went home right now and started and binge-watched, and 
I guess wasted because if you watched like 20-something hours of TV, <laughs> I wouldn't call that necessarily the best time, best use of your time. But let's say I went home and watched like all 20-something hours of these shows and came back to you. I might have a totally different opinion. I might say, no, Falcon the Winter Soldier is by far the best. I doubt it, but I could. So this is a opinion on the show that might change after this recording happens. So let's just start with these shows and just, just talk about them. So the first one that came out in January 2021 during the pandemic was WandaVision. WandaVision just might be my favorite of the three shows. I mean, wow. It was absolutely beautiful. It was breathtaking. I liked it much, much better than Falcon and the Winter Soldier, which was the second show. And I may even like it more than Loki. I mean, that's the hard part for me. Is it better than Loki? Like, for me, Falcon and the Winter Soldier is definitely third place of the three shows that have come out so far. You got WandaVision. Yay, loved it. Loki. Yay, loved it. Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Eh, it was good. It just doesn't compare to the other two. So let's first talk about WandaVision. What is WandaVision? If, if you aren't new to, if you're new to Marvel and you haven't seen it yet, you know, I'm not going to give this big, deep spoilers about it, but I'll say that it's a show about the character Wanda Maximoff and her love interest, Vision. Vision is the cyborg character found, first appeared in Avengers 2, and he's continued in the journey all the way through his death in Infinity War. And then you have Wanda, who also began in Avengers 2 but didn't die in Infinity War. The show is about her after, Infin after Infinity War and Endgame. If you remember that in the Avengers movies, you have the Avengers movies. I'm sorry, if in the MCU, the Marvel Cinematic Universe, you have the Avengers movies. The Avengers movies are like the columns, the pillars, maybe even the cornerstones of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. They are what the big, the big events happen in the Avengers movies because those are the movies where they all come together and beat up this really bad, bad guy and save the day. And in the latest two, which was like the climax to what they've been building with since 2008, which was Avengers Infinity War and Avengers Endgame, well, crazy stuff happened. And characters died, but in the end, good won. It was about this mad titan, this mad, evil, bad guy, insane guy named Thanos, just destroying half the, half the, half of the universe. So the Avengers, you know avenge the universe and they are able to get that half that was destroyed back but you know all of this came at a cost and some of it was very personal like that you know killed vision in infinity war so wandavision takes place after the events of infinity war and endgame and it is about the aftermath i mean this big event happened where thanos this bad guy came to earth just decimated it basically in avengers infinity war and endgame and now even when the bad guy's defeated, there's still grief, you know, and grief, grief's a good thing, but it's, it's just something that happens whenever bad things or, and loss happens, and this show is about the aftermath, and we get to see what the world is like post-endgame, and we get to see what, more importantly for this show, Scarlet Witch, a.k.a. WandaVision, is like post-endgame. So the show is about her in a sitcom. Which is weird because the Marvel Cinematic Universe is not a sitcom. But basically what it shows later on is that in her grief, Wanda is, has created this real-life sitcom. This real-life event where it's like everyone is trapped inside of this sitcom. I'm sorry if that's too much spoilers, but I won't try to spoil it completely, I think. 
So it's like, you know, it, basically everyone's trapped inside of this sitcom. And it's about these characters going into that sitcom and trying to save the day. So Wanda is kind of the bad guy in it, but in it, Vision's back because it's almost like a made-up Vision. Wanda has kids, which she never had in the, sh in the movies, but they also seem either made up or something, you know, different about them. So the show's, yeah, it's a weird show. Every episode builds on to the last, and you get to know more of what's really going on. Because when you watch the first episode of the show, you just see Wanda and Vision starring in a Dick Van Dyke-type TV show. <laughs> you know, it's black and white, old laugh, like in a sitcom, and they're the stars of it. And you're thinking to yourself, what on earth is going on? This leads to one of the best things about the show, that it's mysterious. The first three episodes are all sitcom. They're all just about a sitcom. You don't even know the context. You're just seeing three episodes of a sitcom, all three looking like different eras of sitcom history, like black and white, then finally it turns to color. And you know, you're watching this and like, what? what's going on? Why is w Wanda and Vision starring in a sitcom? But then episode four happens. So if you watch this show, please will at least make it to episode four before you bail on it. Because episode four, it actually becomes like this real Marvel movie, you know, story. This real Marvel story. And yeah, this show, one of the best things about it is that mystery factor of it. So like it's a sitcom one minute, but then the next minute it flips over and gets kind of eerie. And you're thinking, what's really going on? So, I mean... Yeah, the show is absolutely crazy, but that's one of the cool, charming things about it. Like, Quicksilver comes back. He died in Avengers Age of Ultron, yet he quote-unquote comes back in the show, and you're like, what on earth is going on? And even the way the show ends, you're like, what? Because it kind of reveals maybe her kids are still alive when you watch the scene after the credits. It's pretty cool. I just love how the show feels like a sitcom. Then, for just a second, it breaks the sitcom wall and becomes suspenseful. It's like makes you wonder literally what is going on here. Another great thing about this show is that it does celebrate sitcom history. The show is more than just a Marvel show. It is also a celebration of the history of sitcoms. It's like an ode to them, you know. It begins with these old black and white ones and then moves on and on and on until it just changes into more modern sitcoms. And honestly, I mean, I don't know my sitcoms too well. I don't I'm not a big big sitcom watcher. I mean, there's many sitcoms I like. My favorites are probably like Home Improvement, I really like that one. There's a few others I like. But I know that the show is definitely, it's moving on, it's changing. The show changes to show you different eras of sitcom. Like one part is almost like Modern Family, you know, where it's not like a laugh sitcom where you hear the laughs in the background, but it occasionally goes and breaks the fourth wall where you see them talking to the camera like they're being interviewed. And it's really cool. It's really cool. The show is legitimately funny. I mean, wow, it's funny. Like, the the character Agent Wu, he is so socially awkward, and I could so relate to him. He's also, it reveals an Ant-Man and the Wasp. He's like a youth pastor, and that's like my dream, one of my dream jobs. I laugh so hard in the Modern Family episode as well, like the Modern Family-like one, where you see the characters being interviewed. Like, you see Vision being interviewed, you know, in front of a camera, which makes no sense. Why on earth is he being interviewed at the time? The only way it makes sense is because it's basically a sitcom. And that made me laugh hysterically. Quicksilver, he's pretty funny if I remember right. It's pretty cool. Then another thing really great about the show is the Scarlet Witch. So Wanda is the Scarlet Witch. I mean, that's his, that's her, I'm sorry, not his, her, that is her title. You know, like most superhero characters have their real names. Then as 
Peter Parker called them in Infinity War. They're made-up names. I mean, I guess the only character that doesn't really have a made-up name is Doctor Strange because whether or not he uh, is a surgeon or Sorcerer Supreme, he's still Doctor Stephen Strange. So, but his name does sound like a made-up name. It's, it's cool, though. Yeah. So, but yeah, Wanda, Wanda Maximoff, her superhero name, so to speak, in the comics is the Scarlet Witch. And very big stuff with her. She has never been called the Scarlet Witch in the movies. She came in in Age of Ultron, not called the Scarlet Witch. Civil War, Captain America Civil War, the other movie she was in, not called Scarlet Witch. Avengers Infinity War and Endgame, other two movies she was in, not called the Scarlet Witch. But then in this show, it's revealed, hey, you are the Scarlet Witch, people tell her. And that's crazy. Like, I mean, if I remember right from the show, the Scarlet Witch's destiny is to destroy the world. I mean, wow. She, and she's powerful. She is so powerful, she was able to turn life into a sitcom. I mean, that sounds kind of silly, but it's also, that's power right there. I mean, she can bend will. She can, like, just capture people's minds, and it's, it's crazy. And she can create stuff, maybe even. I mean, I don't know her powers too well, but it's like, wow. That's big. Another thing I absolutely loved about the episode was the scene after the credits. And when I say this, I mean the second scene after the credits. The first one was cool, too. It kind of hints at Captain Marvel 2. And I know I said this may not be a spoiler-heavy one, but I take it back. This is kind of a spoiler-heavy review. Sorry about that. So, yeah, the scene after all the credits is pretty cool. And it's about Scarlet Witch learning more about her powers and just, I guess, learning about them, like I said. And she hears her children screaming. Because what happens in the show is as she's going about in her happy sitcom life, and I'm hoping I'm, hoping I'm explaining this well, is that... You know, so she's created this sitcom that she lives in, and she's living with her lover, her husband, Vision, who's not really real, and she gets pregnant and has these kids. Just snap. It happens, like, in two days. And, well, when she has these kids, she, like, she didn't expect that. She didn't plan that. Just like when Quicksilver comes in, she didn't plan that. So she didn't plan to have these kids, but they came. And they grew up real quickly, and, well, at the end of the show, when the sitcom is destroyed and her world she created, so to speak, dies, these kids, you know, they, they die with it. And she says to them, thank you for choosing me. She doesn't say, hey, I'm glad I was able to, like, make you guys and, uh, you know, cause, and like, you know, or mind control you guys to pretend to be my children or whatever. She says, thank you for choosing me. Like, they have a bigger role in this than we really think. In fact, they might even be from another dimension. You know, we've talked about on this show, Loki talks about the multiverse. We know that the multiverse is coming. And these might even be part of this multiverse. The show ends with her, like, studying how to be the Scarlet Witch or something in this sense of meditation. I, I, can't, I don't know the exact words because I, I'm, I'm no, I don't know Marvel Comics that well. But she hears her children screaming like they're still alive. So that might be her role, you never know, in Doctor Strange 2. I mean, she's going to be in Doctor Strange 2, and so yeah, her role's not finished yet, but maybe she's going to be looking for her kids. I hear that one of her powers of the Scarlet Witch, one of the Scarlet Witch's powers is to, like, jump universes or something like that, or maybe she gets that power. And maybe what if she's doing that to get her kids back or to get Vision back? I can't wait for it. So WandaVision loved it. Let's move on to the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. 
yeah. So this show, I'm going to be honest, this was definitely my least favorite of the three live action shows. Don't get me wrong, it wasn't that it was bad. It's not like a horrible, nasty, disgusting show that's like so B-tier and so like so small, so just bad. I'm not saying that. It was good. It was a really good show. I liked it. I laughed at it, you know, or laughed with it. It wasn't like I was making fun of it. You know, it was good. It was enjoyable, like usual Marvel. The only problem was, one of the problems was it might have felt just too much like usual Marvel. And more importantly, one reason I can't say, I just can't, you know, like just show you just how great it is in some ways. I mean, I guess I could, but is it's sandwiched between two so amazing, so unique shows that this show just feels so much typical Marvel, while WandaVision feels so unique and Loki feels so unique. But there are many things about this show I, I enjoyed. So just to leave it on a good note, I'm going to first talk about the thing, one of the things about the show I didn't like. And then we'll move on to the stuff that was really cool. So it's not that the show was necessarily bad. It's just the show felt way too much like a typical Marvel thing in comparison to Loki and WandaVision. Loki and WandaVision did a great job being beautiful Marvel content while not actually being typical Marvel content. Because let's, let's be honest, the MCU, as great as it is, does feel very similar through each of, of its films. Like... They kind of feel all like the same, like they're TV episodes in a TV show. And that's good, you know. It's, I mean, in some ways it's good that they keep a similar vibe and feel. But sometimes that just gets kind of boring. And I think that's where some movies like Ant-Man and the Wasp and Guardians of the Galaxy 2, it makes them not as unique because they aren't as unique. And it makes them kind of like, it's not that they're bad. Maybe if I watch through them a couple more times, I'll like them more. But maybe just a little generic. And so it's not that this show was bad. It's just, it's, it's overshadowed by two shows that are so unique, yet so true Marvel, and even somewhat typical Marvel, yet they have such a level of uniqueness and bigness. Like, like Loki is so humongous. It's not about our universe. It's about the multiverse. While Falcon and the Winter Soldier is just about planet Earth, so it feels so much smaller in comparison. And WandaVision, it just, wow. We, we, we already talked about just, wow. So cool. But there's stuff about this show I really liked. I enjoyed how the show continued the adventures of both Falcon and the Winter Soldier. So let's just talk about the show's story. The show takes place just like WandaVision after Endgame. That's one thing really cool is all three of these shows happened because of Endgame. You could say that because of Endgame, WandaVision happened. Because of Endgame, Falcon and the Winter Soldier happened. Because of Loki, I mean, sorry, because of Endgame, Loki happened. So with Falcon and the Winter Soldier, we get to see more of this post-Endgame world. Because in Endgame or in Infinity War, Thanos destroyed half of the universe. And then five years comes, goes by. And in Endgame, they go back in time and save the day and bring back all that half of the universe that died. And it's really cool. And while you think, yay, half the universe is, came back to life, basically, you have to remember that after five years, people adjusted to this new way of life with half the universe gone. And then when half the universe just suddenly appears, that's a lot of social issues. That's a lot of things that have happened that are crazy. Like people, like think about it. If you died, so to speak, or disappeared like they did, and you come back five years later and someone's living in your house, that person's been living in your house for five years. Are you just going to kick them out? Or do they get to have your house? Because to you, it just felt like five minutes ago you were at your house. So like, you know, there are a lot of these. And then there's also just think about countries and everything going on, just the political turmoil that would come for ha for half, from half of the population just suddenly appearing after five years of the dystopian lifestyle. It's like, and so this show kind of deals with that. It deals with these people that some call terrorists, some call more freedom fighters, 
that are saying, hey, these governments don't know what they are doing. This UN type organization, I can't remember the name of it, that's trying to help, trying to get everything back to normal, doesn't know our real concerns. So this freedom fighter type of movement, this, and in some ways they are terrorists. I mean, it's a deep conversation on what you think about them, but they are really just causing kind of havoc and they're fighting for their cause. So, and it's about Falcon and the Winter Soldier, Captain America's two friends, those two helping at in this fight to stop these fight these uh, terrorist people these these people causing the mayhem, and so the show in Endgame so in Endgame Captain America is done that's like his last hurrah you know Tony Stark and Cap both have their kind of tr semi tragic endings you know at the end of Captain uh, at the end of Endgame Captain America gives the shield to Sam, a.k.a. the Falcon, and says, hey, it's your turn to be Captain America. And Falcon says, basically, okay, I guess. But in this show, taking place a couple months or years, I can't remember how much later it is, honestly. I think it's like eight months. You know, he, start, he doubts that he can really do a good job being Captain America, because Captain America was such an iconic person. His friend, Steve Rogers, so iconic, so great. You know, just overall, he did a lot of good stuff. And Sam's like, I don't know if I can live up to that. He doubts himself, and he gives up the shield. And so the show's about him kind of becoming Captain America, you know. If you've never seen the show, you just assume after Endgame, you know, oh, yeah, this is Captain America now. But he got in this show this deep struggle about can I do it. So, yeah, the show was good. I mean, I loved how it continued the adventures of Falcon and the Winter Soldier. The Winter Soldier is Captain America's other friend who was brainwashed and did a bunch of bad stuff being brainwashed. And then became unbrained, you know, Captain America saved him from that bad fate that he was under. And, you know, in this show, he goes through a lot of grief missing his, really one of his only friends, Captain America. He's, he's really depressed and going through a hard time. Just like with WandaVision, how it's about Wanda going through the grief of losing her love, Vision. She, he lost his best friend, Captain America. And now you get to see him kind of coming out of the dark, so to speak, coming out and really learning to enjoy life again a little bit, learning to have friends. So it has some cool things like that in the show, and, and it continues their adventure, both Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Another thing it really does that's really cool is it builds to a Captain America 4. So I enjoyed how the story that started in this show does not end in the show. The way the last episode ends makes you say, okay, there either has to be a season two or a Captain America 4. And it looks like what I think they're doing, they're, they're doing Captain America 4. It looks like this story will continue in Cap 4. One th of my favorite things that this show, in the end of it, was when that girl, I can't remember her name, but the person working for the government told the anti-hero secret agent who tried to become a new Captain America, but he, ca he cracked and did some stuff he probably shouldn't have and in the end of the show it kind of ends with him really probably being an anti-hero not like the bad villain the evilest villain or the best hero just you know anti-hero and it ends with this girl that's hired her hired him i mean saying that you know we're going to need you for what's about to happen something crazy is about to happen the world's about to be hit by something crazy and you're going to be needed then so it's like okay What's going to happen? And it, it'd be cool to see a Cap 4. And it wouldn't be about, you know, Steve Rogers. It'd be about 
uh, Falcon cap because at the end of the show he becomes Captain America and he has this cool suit that's like a mixture of the two. It looks like Falcon and Captain America's suit combined. It's cool. So this show, it was good. I mean, like I said, it's definitely my least favorite of the three. And yeah, I mean, yeah. Wasn't bad though. Don't get me wrong. It wasn't bad. And now we have Loki. Loki, oh, wow. Can we just talk about Loki? That was amazing. I have in my notes, the show is absolutely capital A space, capital M space, capital A space, capital Z space, you know, just amazing, all caps, everywhere spaced. I loved it. It was so cool. The fact that the show deals with the multiverse, an idea that has had seeds planted in the other films, but now they are going full force into it. And like we've talked about before in the show, Marvel's going full force multiverse, and we are seeing what the multiverse is like and how it works and so on and so forth. I mean, it's cool. This show feels like the most revealing of the three of what's going to be the future of Marvel, where the MCU is going. Because, like, you know, even though Endgame, which was like the big finale of the first 12, uh, first 11 years of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, even though that's already happened, they aren't just giving up on doing stories. Like, there are so many stories in the comics and overarching stories and big stuff that happens that they could probably continue this for years upon years to come. And it looks like the big thing they're doing next is something multiverse related. And the fact that they're doing this and building this big story still is really cool. And making about multiverse... That is amazing. Like, wow, I love it. And so I don't think we'll talk as much about Loki because if you have been watching We Love That Podcast, you, you'll know that Loki has been a very common topic. We, we went through all six episodes, which was really cool. But I'll, just in case you haven't seen those episodes, you refrained from them because you didn't want to be spoiled, which I guess if you're listening to this episode, you might be all right with being spoiled with it as well. Loki was about Loki. Duh. <laughs> so it's kind of complicated because it's time travel and time travel and multiverse. It's always so complicated. So Avengers Endgame, like we said, Avengers Infinity War happens and Thanos destroys half the universe. He makes them fade away because he believes that's what the only way for the universe to be saved from overpopulation, basically. And in Avengers Endgame, the Avengers, the good guys say, let's go back in time and collect the, the power source able to bring them all back and let's do it let's bring them all back and they do but when they go back in time to get the power source which is the infinity stones they come across loki in the avengers films like they went back to the avengers one and what happened there and they messed something up they made loki escape because at the end of the avengers one loki the main villain of the of the of the movie gets captured you know he's, he's defeated but in this alternate reality when they go back try to save, try to get the Infinity Stone, the power source, to save the day, Loki escapes now. They do something wrong or something, and Loki escapes. And this show is about what Loki does after he escapes. He escapes, and, well, he was only able to make it, like, to the desert in, I think, was it Asia or Africa or something like that. And he gets captured by this organization called the TVA. And it's not the Tennessee Valley Authority. Don't No, it's not that. It is the Time Variant Association. Association, maybe? Time Variant Authority, I'm sorry, Time Variant Authority, which is in charge of keeping the universe's timeline, what they call the sacred timeline, in order. So basically, Loki was not supposed to not be captured. He was supposed to be captured. He wasn't supposed to vary off the timeline, but he did. And so they capture him. They're going to punish him by basically killing him, by eliminating him. But he 
work, begins to work with them to hunt down this variant of Loki, this other version of Loki, who's a girl. And so the show's about just these time travel-esque and multiverse-like adventures, and it's just really cool. So it shows a beautiful side of Loki. That's one of the things I love about it. So Loki's a bad guy, you know? He's really bad. He does some horrific, horrific stuff in the Avengers 1 and in the other films. But if you watch the Marvel movies, you know he eventually turns good in Thor Ragnarok, really. I think that's the movie he really kind of turns around. He dies then in Avengers Infinity War, but he dies a heroic death trying to kill Thanos, trying to do what's right. So this Loki from the show is the Loki from Avengers 1. He's evil, you know. He's a bad guy. He's at the I think Avengers 1 was the peak of Loki's evil in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. So he uh, gets transported to the TVA's base. And because of this adventure, this humbling that he gets, and through finding love in Sylvia, because that girl version of Loki, he falls in love with, which you can it depends on who you ask. Some people think that is so disturbing that you fall in love with a version of yourself. And other people think it's adorable. Like, it's just, wow, beautiful love story. But through this adventure, he becomes a good guy, kind of. I mean, I'm not saying he's 100% perfect or that his behavior is just spot on, best and moral and godly, but he begins to know more about good and what good is and just to do the right thing. He wants to protect Sylvie in the end. He wants to save the universe from destruction because... In the end of the show, you realize the show might, the universe, and maybe even the multiverse might just come to total chaos and so much death would happen. And he wants to save it. In the, in, uh, the other ones, you, he wants to rule it. You know, evil Loki would want to rule it. But he kind of becomes good and he wants to save it. So to see Loki change was really cool. So the TVA, the TVA was pretty cool in the show. The Time Variant Authority. I love... Just their look and their atmosphere. Their base is so retro tech. Like, all the technology looks so old. Like, the computers, nothing cool and new looking. They're so old. It's fun. And Owen Wilson, who's an agent, Agent Mobius of the TVA, he is funny as all get out. He's, like, my favorite character. So likable, so relatable, so hilarious. So, yeah, the music of this show was amazing as well. The themes in it were so good. Like, they were so eerie eerie vibe behind the show but yet they were also beautiful and emotional like go listen to the soundtrack or even better watch the show and just see the music and how it fits in almost very twilight zone-ish it's cool the vibe of the show was amazing it was beautiful yet it was eerie and twilight zone-ish which can be seen in the music the topics it deals with and the extremely charming yet outdated tech of the tva helps and it's a lot like WandaVision that it's eerie and it's kind of dark, but it's not too dark. It's eerie yet charming and not too dark. It's not this deep, dark show, you know. One thing I love about Loki is that there's still good in it, you know. It's not just a show about a bunch of bad guys doing a bunch of bad guy stuff. This actually has some good stuff in it, some good maybe even lessons you can learn and just good, yeah, good stuff, good deep stuff to talk about. I love how it has a lot to do with free will. Marvel has been on a roll with free will. So we, I don't know if I've mentioned it yet on the show, but like we, uh, we love that podcast. We're all three Christians, and we, we love Jesus. We love God. And it's like one of the big topics in Christianity is free will. Do, does everyone have free will? And, you know, I know people who say, no, God causes all things. God does all things, while other people say, no, God. God just knows all things, but he doesn't cause all things. 
people still have their free will. Like, you know, Adam and Eve in the garden, they had the free will. They had the choice to make, do I want to sin and fall and, you know, make humanity turn basically evil? Or do I want to do what's right and not eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil? Which is a great story you can find in Genesis 1. So free will, something that in my life during this time has been something that I've been you know, talking with some of my friends about and all that. And then, boom, Marvel. This year, it's all about free will. WandaVision, it's about her enslaving other people's minds to fit into her sitcom, which they find absolutely just wrong. You see that as, like, it's sad to see these people, you know, like that. They're like, please, just kill us. Don't let us go through this. And then in Loki, Loki and Sylvie, they're fighting for free will. They're fighting so that the universe won't be dictated by these these bad guys, because, yeah, the TVA reveals not to actually be that good of a thing. They're actually more bad guys than good guys. And the fact that so much about free will was just amazing. Another thing I really loved about the show to go, yeah, it's like, excuse me, Kang the Conqueror. I remember talking to people like, oh, I hope Kang the Conqueror is the main villain. I hope Kang the Conqueror is really in charge of the TVA, because I guess the big fear is, oh, great, it's probably just going to be a variant of Loki. But no, it was Kang the Conqueror himself, a.k.a. a better word is he who remains. He's the guy who's in charge of this whole TBA, this whole group of people that would basically kill you if you go off the sacred timeline, if you do something that they didn't want you to do. So he who remains was such a great character. I really enjoyed seeing him. He was played by Jonathan Majors, and he's also going to play a variant of another version of he who remains, a.k.a. A. Kang the Conqueror, who I think is going to be the main villain of Ant-Man 3, I've heard. So you would expect this guy to be so dramatic and epic and like just whoa, you know, and like not whoa, but you think this character to be so dramatic and epic and just flat out, I guess, dramatic. But no, uh, he who remains was kind of more chill and funny, and that was really fun about it. But yet he also, you could see the predicament he was in. He was a complex character because he's doing what he's doing for a reason. He doesn't think to himself, "Dang, I want to be a bad guy and just control the timeline." He's doing this to protect the universe from other versions of himself. Because he knows that if he lets free will happen, chaos will emerge. Because there are other versions of this guy named He Who Remains, one of them being Kang the Conqueror. And if he just allows free will to happen, they're going to come from their universes and try to just, this big multiversal war will break out. So he's a complex character because it takes a second. Like a lot of people might be like, oh yeah, he is actually kind of doing the right thing while other people are like, no, he's not doing the right thing. He's hurting innocent people. So I'm just, wow, it was amazing. He was such a good character. And Kang the Conqueror, I hear he's going to be the villain of Ant-Man 3. I think I've already said that. Ant-Man the Wasp Quantumania is what it's called. So I'm looking forward to seeing this character, Kang the Conqueror, he who remains in his variants, his other versions of himself in these later Marvel productions. So yeah, I mean, the multiverse is a big deal right now. I'm just, I'm looking forward to seeing where it goes. We'll know more about it with Spider-Man uh, No Way Home. We'll probably know more about it with Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. We'll know about it more with Loki Season 2. You never know, they might even be building the Secret Wars. That's like a big, big, big thing in, in multiverse, in Marvel. Never know. Well, thank you so much for listening to another episode of We Love That Podcast. I'm your host, Paxton Pritchett. And, well, if you liked this show, I hope that you subscribe. I hope you stay with us and we get, you know, 
just I hope you get to I hope you stay with us. That'd be awesome. And also, don't forget to like us on Facebook and like us on Instagram. That would also be super cool. Leave us a five star review. We'd love that. We'd love that. Let's face it, we'd love that. All right, we'll see you next time. Yeah.